Well, hello and welcome to Beat the Reset. My name is Tim and I am the guy in the hat. And today I wanted to talk to you about tokenization. What is it and what does it mean for you and, of course, the world going forward? Well, first of all, what exactly is tokenization? That simply is the ability for an asset to be divided up into multiple parts and essentially become investor-owned. So if you could imagine, say, for example, a house, uh, a home being divided up into multiple parts. Let's say, for example, you have a property that's worth a million dollars and that property was divided up into a million equal parts and then, of course, it was tokenized and traded on Wall Street. So instead of having a single investor or a single owner that has title, what you would have in a tokenized system is multiple investors. And largely the purpose of the tokenized system is to turn essentially illiquid objects into liquid objects. In other words, assets that were otherwise uh, simply owned outright and rarely moved and were rarely liquidated, um, and now they are, now they can become free-flowing liquid assets and multiple investors uh, can take part in these assets. And the question is, well, who is going to do the trading? I mean, how is this all going to be controlled? And if you uh, have a look at uh, Wall Street, uh, in 2022, digital assets corporations were approved for trading. And of course, this is a $77 trillion venture by central banks and so on in an effort to create much, much more liquidity. Uh, and the question is, what exactly or where exactly is this liquidity co- going to come from and which assets are going to be tokenized? Uh, and that is really the bigger of the, the uh, subjects that I want to talk about today. Indeed, which assets are going to be tokenized? How uh, are they going to be selected? Who exactly is going to be involved in the selection process? What is going to become the criteria? Uh, and what opportunities uh, await? Well, first of all, Let's go back to what is property, essentially, and what is what are assets. Now, let's talk about uh, the middle classes, and let's talk about the biggest asset to the middle classes of all, which is, of course, uh, real estate. Now, the middle classes uh, have been taught that this is the asset class that you essentially uh, put your life savings into. Now, of course, the commercial banks uh, love that because uh, they run fractional reserve systems and fractional reserve lending systems. Uh, and they're very excited for you to go out and make lots and lots of cash, um, put 10% down on a million dollar property. And they're very excited for you to put your 100,000 hard earned dollars down so that uh, they can trigger their 10% fractional reserve lending system in order to give you the other 900,000. And which is wonderful for them and for the entire duration, you're an asset to, to the commercial bank, whilst for most of the duration, uh, the debt that uh, you incur through a mortgage is essentially a liability. But where I'm going with this is at the point at which title is achieved. So title is essentially, as what we came to believe and what we've believed in the past, a title, a land title, uh, is essentially ownership of a an asset, of a piece of real estate. So uh, the question is, is that true or is that not true? And the more that we start to research uh, and have a look closer 
closely at what title actually means. Uh, the more we realise and the more questions come up about what is it exactly that we have purchased. Uh, there are two types of titles in real estate. One is called fee simple. Now, that is the most common title that you will see. It's a fee simple title is largely, if you have a close look at it, a lease on a commercial bank. There are essentially three types of fee simple titles. Fee simple is the main one, fee simple absolute, and then there's fee simple conditional. The difference between absolute and conditional, absolute means you can do a lot more to your property that you could otherwise do under a fee simple arrangement. And of course, fee simple conditional comes with obviously certain conditions that uh, when they're met, uh, the title is able to be held. When they're not met, um, the title can be returned to a custodian. Uh, and we've come to understand that the custodian of our title is in fact the very commercial bank that we purchased the asset from. So what exactly do we own has become one of the big questions with tokenization. Since tokenization is going to take all assets and tokenize them, how in fact could that actually be done or could it be done legally and who is actually going to do it? Well, let's analyze the answer to a couple of those questions. But just before I get there, the other type of title which I, uh, I wanted to mention was a lodial title. Now, a lodial title is the only true title, the only kind of title you can hold where a government uh, or um, a commercial bank cannot confiscate or take it away from you. So if you own an allodial title, you effectively are the actual owner of that, that title. There can be no other. Now, um, so the question is, uh, what do we own uh, here in Australia? Well, largely we have fee simple. In fact, in most of the Western nation countries, it's fee simple. In the UK, in the US, in Canada, New Zealand and Australia, predominantly we have fee simple titles. Um, the question is, um, how do we get a lodial title then? I mean, if an allodial title cannot be taken and a fee simple largely can, and I'll talk about that in a minute, then why wouldn't we all just hold allodial titles? Well, in Australia, it's a little complicated because you, first of all, to hold allodial title, you have to be either First Nations or Indigenous. So that's that's where you would have to uh, start. Also, uh, in order to have any claim on an allodial title, you have to first of all pay the debt out before you can even claim it. So that's the way it is essentially in the US and the UK as well. It's almost impossible to get a lodial title if, uh, if you are simply a middle class uh, citizen. So that's unlikely. Your, your governments uh, and certainly your commercial banks do not want you holding a lodial title, which is why you're holding fee simple. So let's analyse fee simple again and have a look at what it really is. Fee simple largely is a lease from a commercial bank. That is essentially what you own. Now, uh, there is evidence of that uh, for two reasons. If you have a look at a fee simple title, there are many restrictions on what you can and can't do with your property. Now, you would think that if you owned it outright, there wouldn't be any such restrictions. So there's the first indication that a fee simple is not actually within our possession. The second one is the bigger of the two, and that is, of course, under constitutional expropriation and constitutional uh, compulsory acquisition and compulsory purchase in the United States under eminent domain. Governments can take, essentially, take your property whenever and however they want, provided that two things are true. Uh, the first, of course, is that they have a reason to do so. And the second is that they adequately remunerate, uh, remunerate you for the asset. So these are two mechanisms under which a government could 
expropriate or take uh, real estate. So there's very two very clear indications that when you have a fee simple title, you effectively really don't actually own the property at all. So it begs the question, why are we all busting uh, ourselves and breaking ourselves to, to get this particular asset? But going forward, uh, what is the problem with tokenization and what do I see as one of the, the big issues with tokenization? And going back to where this first question started is, is what exactly is going to be tokenized? Well, the answer to that question is fairly obvious, and that is just about everything. So if we remember a uh, guy called Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum saying the words, you will own nothing, what he was referring to is, of course, the tokenized system. And the tokenized system is essentially handing ownership or custodian of all title. It simply shifts it from uh, essentially your commercial banks, uh, who, are, who are largely in control of what we call digital titles and electronic titles. Um, and moving it to a different custodian. But the question is, how on earth could that actually happen? How on earth has the world somehow gone from hoodwinking an entire middle class in the Western world to, into, from believing that they owned a title to finally realising that their asset is not only owned by them, it is owned by the commercial bank, but could be in fact taken uh, by another custodian? And under what conditions? Well, as we've since found out, that uh, in late 2002 and right up to sort of mid-23 uh, and so on, uh, the, um, there has been a trilateral agreement between essentially the Treasury in the United States, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation and the Federal Reserve. They have been involved in uh, exercises, uh, cross-border exercises, um, between the uh, European Central Bank and, of course, the Bank of England, and they have been been working together uh, to work out in a derivatives market co uh, collapse how to move all titles and assets uh, across border very, very quickly. Now, there are two types of assets uh, in a derivatives market crash that are going to become of great interest. The first is real estate that's within mortgage face and any assets that are under loan. Now, they are the first to go in an asset uh, in a derivatives market crash. Uh, and not only are they the first to go, but they their custodian. Uh, would soon or quickly become something called an entitled secured creditor. Um, now, they are the largest of the commercial banks, essentially, so and even central banks. So essentially, custodian of, of assets that are in mortgage phase or in loan phase would move from the uh, the tenant or the, uh, I guess, the owner, uh, in inverted commas, which is you, to a new custodian. The question is, what happens to properties that have uh, been bought outright? What happens to people that actually own the title? on their property and what happens to all those people that are not in, in mortgage phase anymore uh, and they hold the title. Well, that's where the word collateral comes in. And as I said, there has been a number of manoeuvres, uh, trilateral manoeuvres between, again, the European Central Bank, Great Britain and the United States to determine how quickly they could move what we call collateral assets, which are assets that are largely owned, uh, assets that sit outside that uh, definition that I gave earlier being under some sort of uh, loan phase or mortgage phase. So even if you own your assets outright, 
in a derivatives market crash, uh, essentially, and it would have to be a pretty big derivatives market crash, you could essentially lose your entire title to uh, not your commercial bank, but to the people that take the commercial banks, which are largely, of course, the largest of the commercial banks in the world uh, and central banks as well. So you would end up with something called a new custodian of title. Um, So this can all be seen if you go to the Uniform Commercial Code in the United States and have a look at, first of all, what the Uniform Commercial Code actually is and does. Um, And then have a look at Article 9. And Article 9 is quite a revelation and it starts to talk about who owns what and how, who a creditor is, uh, who a debtor is, and what the definition of entitled secured creditor actually really means, and also what is collateral and what isn't. So what we are seeing now is that uh, between the uh, Basel III Code and the creation of new solvency within the central bank system, uh, we have also watched these manoeuvres between the United States, Great Britain, and of course Europe. We are seeing a manoeuvring into position, getting ready for some major event that the central banks and the biggest commercial banks in the world, the JP Morgan's, Deutsche Bank, and so on, the biggest of the of the uh, the big banks, are getting ready for something called going flat on their derivatives positions. What does this mean? At the moment, the derivatives market globally is a five quadrillion dollar market, most of which is made up of of securities. And of course, behind those are assets. Now, if we saw the complete collapse of that market, uh, for example, what it would mean is it would trigger a mechanism uh, under law that would enable uh, an entitled secured creditor to become custodian of all assets that belong to any of the commercial banks. This is why it's important to understand that a fee-simple title is not actually something that we can own as a common man. It is something that is essentially a lease from a commercial bank. So what we are seeing is in these manoeuvres, which I spoke about earlier, the the, um, central banks and, of course, um, these nations and these big big banks have been practicing uh, how quickly they can move these assets from essentially, I guess, your possession to their possession, how quickly that can happen. So they are actually testing this out. And the first sign of this will be when they begin to go flat on their derivatives positions. Now, the reason that's important and the reason that matters is because the central banks and the biggest commercial banks in the world have something called a dark hand, which props up the derivatives markets artificially. So when you see these derivatives markets, Markets buoyant and at five quadrillion dollars in liquid value and so on, there really is nothing there at all. In fact, they're quite fake and they're quite empty. And all it's going to take is for that big hand that holds the whole thing up to come to be pulled, uh, and the whole market will just completely collapse. And at which point, this uh, collateral asset and uh, assets that are in loan phase and mortgage phase will just simply the titles of those will simply be taken by uh, essentially entitled secured creditors. They will then, of course, be put in a giant pool. Uh, And then from that pool, that pool will be tokenized. And then, of course, it will be handed over to digital assets corporations on Wall Street for the purposes of tokenization and, of course, trading. So that's how this works. Um, There is opportunity for us going into the future, us being the common man. We will have the opportunity to invest in all sorts of uh, what were previously uh, illiquid assets. We can invest in beaches and parks and roads, uh, and we will derive profit from those um, depending on how and where 
where and what they're used for and, of course, who's involved in them. So they'll be like any other investment. So there's going to be massive investment opportunity. But what I see going forward is that we will become a generation of renters and will become a generation of investors in digital tokens that are on a blockchain. And those digital tokens will represent what we call RWAs, real world assets. And this is really how it goes. So our new frontier with tokenization, as I said, not only presents huge pain and devastation, but it also presents huge opportunity. So I hope you've learned a little bit about tokenization here today. Um, Remember, look after your health, which is your number one non-negotiable. Look after your families, of course, because that's what we're here for, our our families and our children and our great-great-grandchildren. And as I always say, uh, make good choices. 